0: This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to (laughs) do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. Thank Uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree (laughs) on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio, with thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, here's Todd Bergaff. Thanks for joining us once again for the podcast on these Thursdays, the voice of the Golden Gophers, sports director, at MNN, Mike Grimm uh, joins us. And Grimmer, you got to be pretty energized after that for basketball game last night. It looked like they were sleepwalking a little bit in the first half, and then in the second half, they just blow the doors off Nebraska. Looked great. Ola Joseph was a man possessed.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was a uh, you know, and you, you factor in they did it without Dawson Garcia, yeah. who's their best player with the with the ankle injury. He played seven minutes, five, the first five minutes of the first half, and then, uh, well, he, he did come in um, in the in, later in the first half. He did start the second half, but um, but basically sat the last 18 minutes of the game. And you're right, Ola Joseph, Ben Johnson challenged him at halftime. He did not start him in the second half. And, uh, boy, he came off the bench and was, you're right, a man possessed is the, is the accurate term. And then I also thought, um, I thought the guards played with a toughness um, – I think we've talked about this before, that maybe one of the things, quite honestly, that's been lacking, I guess for lack of a better term, no pun intended, is just this um, this toughness factor, this idea that um, the intensity level with which it takes to win a Big Ten game, you see it from these really good teams. Michigan State um, has always got that intensity and that toughness, and uh, Purdue does, and it's not coincidence, obviously they have – you know, good rosters and talented players, but I also think there's a mentality that they play with. And Ben Johnson has been talking about that since day one. And I thought last night in in in, in um the second half, that was the best tough minded mentality. Um, we're not gonna lose, we're gonna be aggressive, we're gonna even get a technical foul taunting, all that stuff, which they did. Um, that, that was the best maybe the best 20 minutes of basketball in the Ben Johnson era mm-hmm. um from that standpoint and so hopefully that's a step hopefully they realized oh this is how you win games this is the intensity level the toughness the you know in your face we're not going to back down because we're little old Minnesota we're going to take it to you and um and maybe you know maybe uh, hopefully fingers crossed toes crossed everything um that this is a step in this in this process because this is what Ben Johnson's been talking
0: about yeah you know you talked about that uh little uh tiff that went on with uh Mike Mitchell and uh, uh one of the Nebraska players and and uh, that was some of that he was riding the emotional edge a little bit but that seemed to help Mitchell he he played with that chip on his shoulder and uh, that's I, I was worried the team might go oh boy we got a little carried away there but they didn't they kept playing there was a nervous possession or two where guys were yeah. wondering about it. But after that, they were back to themselves again. I-, I thought it was a concern that maybe that would throw them off, but it didn't. I was glad to see that.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the free, giving up free throws there. Um, and I thought live, I was surprised that Minnesota ended up with the ball because um, I thought it was off of Mike Mitchell, but apparently it wasn't. Maybe mm. he got knocked out of his hands because the technical foul rule now is that changed a few years ago. There's just a, a resumption of where the where the the play was and if that was off of minnesota then i i was worried that oh they'd get two free throws and bang a three and all of a sudden it's a one-point game right yeah, yeah. but i i think minnesota lucked out a little in that they got the ball i never yeah. didn't see a replay um either way um you're right they they weathered that and and i think you probably don't want a technical but that was a guy mike mitchell um has had some good games in fact he had 14 points um, in was it the Ohio State game? I think that the the game before hitting some big shot. No, it was the New Orleans game. He had 14 points and he looked really good. And you can see some flashes, but that guy we saw last night was different than the guy we had seen the first whatever it was eight games. He he was not going to back down, and I think maybe the coach challenged him as well. Um, I mean, he was. Well, on that particular play, I thought he probably committed three fouls as uh, Bryce Williams, the Nebraska guard, who had that great first half, he had 17 in the first half. I thought there was probably three five He just said to hell with it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna physically, um, you know, hinder this guy. And they never called any of the fouls. And then the ball got loose. And then after all of it, they, uh, you know, uh, Williams hit the deck, and that's when he got the technical. Uh, Mike Mitchell kind of hovered over him and 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 taunting him a little bit. And certainly that's a technical. But all of that I think worked into the mentality that we're just gonna you know, junkyard dog this thing and be tough. And um and we'll see if that that you know, you don't want a technical, but we'll see if that mentality at least um stays with these with these guards.
0: It wasn't that much after that though that Ben Johnson got pretty excited about a call and I was worried there might be a a technical coming his way as well but he he shut it down in time and assistant coach I think came over and pulled him away from the uh, officials a little yeah. bit I, I don't recall the the uh, particular uh, dispute he was having with the officials at that time but but he was I thought you know pretty emotional during the game last night too
1: yeah yeah for sure that play what you're talking about you're right he was going nuts if we're thinking of the same one was when that um, there was a loose ball, Pharrell Payne grabbed it, and then as he tried to pivot, same guy oh, Bryce right. Williams g- grabbed his yep. ankle and kind of tripped him. And yep. um, they called travel, which I, I honestly I missed the trip. Al Molin was all over it on our broadcast. He's like, "No, he grabbed his ankle." I'm like, "Oh." Now I saw the replay, and I'm yeah. like, "Oh well, this is going to be a flagrant foul. There's no way they can call that traveling." And sure enough, they called it a flagrant foul, and yeah. um, and that's what Ben when they when when they called travel Ben lost his mind. Yes, he um, did. because he also saw it. I did yeah. not. I did not see it. I I was I was just trying to figure out what the heck, you know, what the heck was going on, yeah. and um, and so he saw it and he lost his mind. And then there were some tempers flaring as well, and. They were able to, um, uh, you know, well that was after the Mitchell play where they were the the officials were able to jump in and make sure everybody got separated and cooler heads prevailed. But you're right, it was there was some intensity there, and um, you know I'm sure Fred Hoiberg was like, man, how is this happening to us? (laughs) You know, where they were in total control of that game, and um, and and then uh, Minnesota ends up. The second half was 52 to 26. Minnesota, they basically doubled them up, and that was all mostly without Dawson Garcia. So. Um, it was uh, I, uh, in the post-game show I, uh, last night, I mentioned to Al Nolan, I said, well, if I'd have told you in the pregame that uh, uh, Tomi Naga, the leading scorer and the great three-point shooter uh, from uh, Japan for Nebraska, would not get a field goal, we'd have felt real good about Minnesota winning the game. Um, until I also told you Dawson Garcia would not score a basket or a point, and then you wouldn 't feel as good, so yeah. um what a job they did on Tommy Naga to only, yeah. he had four points all on free throws, and that second half defense, like i said that that toughness and they let him play, and I think Minnesota said all right if you 're going to let us play, and this is what Michigan State does every night right um if they 're going you know they 're just physical they 're in your face, they clutch, they grab, Purdue does the same thing. And and um, I, I was encouraged to see what Minnesota did in the second half last night.
0: Yeah, I really was too. I thought it was really interesting how they were defending this uh, Tominaga. Carrington was basically face guarding him uh, at times. The play was going on behind him, and whoever was guarding him at the time, I, I thought it was Carrington. He wasn't even looking behind him. He was just looking at Tominaga around that three-point line to make sure that he didn't get open out there. That was a strategy that you know, it worked. I mean, they yeah. they win, clearly it worked.
1: Yeah, and Carrington now is kind of emerging. He is kind of get he kind of gets the assignment of the, you know, the best perimeter player on the other team um and he's emerging as one of the better defenders, I think, certainly on this team and maybe even in the league. Um last night you're right, he 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 was the guy for the most part that was assigned to Tominaga and uh, and he was able to to keep him uh, you know, basically at bay, and then the New Orleans game, same thing. Um, their leading scorer was a guy named Jordan Johnson, and he was averaging twenty-three, and um, and basically I forget what he had, maybe eight or something. Hmm. I have to go back and look exactly, but he kept him way under the average. So he's kind of he's kind of creating a nice um, nice um, you know reputation from that standpoint. Now he got into early foul trouble in the Ohio State game, and hmm. then in that second half when Minnesota was trying to cut into that big lead, which they did. Remember, they cut it to six. Yep. Um, ben Ben had found a rotation, and I think this is something new for Ben Johnson as well. He had found a rotation that he liked, and so Carrington, frankly, didn't play much in that game, um, and not hardly any in the second half. Well, last night, he played almost the entire game. Um, Cam Christie started, but then Cam Christie didn't play a lot in the second half because he liked what Mitchell brought. Certainly Hawkins, maybe his best game as a golfer with 11 assists, and he hit the big three pointer um yeah. i don't know with maybe around what was it 4 minutes or so left with yep. nebraska was trying to put one final fight in and he hit an nba range three um and so he played well and so i think ben johnson can um i i've referred to it a few times as kind of the toolbox is more full right i mean yeah. you got you got you know you're not just stuck with you know a hammer and a screwdriver as he was maybe in previous years you've got you know, a drill and some other things that you can use. And there's 10 guys now that he feels pretty good about, even 11, really. And depending on the night, depending on the matchups, depending on who's got the hot hand, um, if there's a group that's rolling, he can go with it. If not, then he can try to mix and match. And I think that's good. I mean, sometimes um, I I know there's been teams um, over the years where if they play 10, Nobody ever really knows their role, and you don't get a rhythm. So it, it isn't always great if you have 10 good players, um, but if you can utilize it right and people understand their role or understand that night to night it might be different, um, you know certainly that's better than, than what Ben has had to do, where he basically he's had seven or eight guys the last couple of years, and, and in terms of real bonafide you know, stud players, it hasn't been that many. So um, he's got a much deeper and, and certainly more talented and more athletic roster this year.
0: Ola Joseph is a big physical guy. Uh, Going into last night's game, he hadn't really shown that. I mean, he he wasn't crashing the offensive boards, it didn't seem. But as you referenced, and I I mentioned him already here uh, today, but uh, whatever uh, Ben Johnson uh, said to him, boy, he he came out in the second half. They need that from Ola Joseph on a nightly basis.
1: No doubt he had been in the last handful of games really good offensively most of his buckets come in close to the basket on putbacks or post ups mm-hmm. and he's not you know he's strong and he's athletic he gets off the ground quick he's not you know he's not a, a skyscraper he's about no. six seven you okay. know but he he has a knack he's got i think twelve dunks already this year he can jump. And they, they used that. So offensively, I want to say, like, the three games before last night, he was 11-12 from the floor. Mm-hmm. So if you just look at those numbers, you're like, man, he he's having a great stretch. But I don't think they were thrilled that he averaged 2.8 rebounds through the first eight games. Like, yeah. you've got to be better than that. And I also think he got lost on defense a few times that they weren't real thrilled with. Like, no, you're a second-year player now. That That's a freshman mistake that you can't make. So I think – it was a culmination of stuff. He didn't have a particularly great first half. The Gophers didn't have a particularly great first half. People had to step in for Garcia, and so he was challenged, benched, I guess, for lack of a better term, to start the second half. Yeah. And then when he got his chance, boy, did he! Um, and it was weird because I think he ended up with five rebounds. And I remember in the postgame show, I'm like, God, it seemed like he had, you know, twelve. Yeah. You know, um, and and that's just kind of how impactful the rebounds were that he had. Um, and yeah, he was, he, if that's the guy they get the rest of the year, then this team's going to be able, I think, to make some noise, hopefully, uh, in this league.
0: One quarterback is leaving the Gophers via the transfer portal, or actually two, although we didn't know the one, at least I didn't, uh, the backup, uh, another one comes, uh, the New Hampshire QB out of the FCS, uh, wasn't, did he win the player of the year in the FCS or he was a finalist, something like that?
1: Yeah, he was a finalist for what they call the Walter Payton Award. That's, That's right. basically the um you know, the Heisman trophy of the of the FCS. Um had a good year both um throwing the ball and then he was um you know, he was you know, he wasn't uh um you know Lamar Jackson, uh you know, he wasn't yeah. rushing for a thousand yards, but I think he had three hundred some yards rushing, so I think there's some you know, some uh some skill set there. Um i it, it was I think it'll be a good fit. Um you know, the Gophers aren't going to have a million bucks to go get, you know, a bona fide guy that, you know, uh, in the, in the portal that has starting experience at the power five level. So, uh, the Gophers have, uh, on a few occasions now dipped down to the FCF level and, and gotten good players amongst the quarterbacks entered in the transfer portal. Everything I've seen has him ranked number one or two from the FCS level. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in today's climate, that, where the Gophers probably got to do some of their fishing, so to speak, right? That's going to be their, uh, their fishing hole. Cause they're they, at, at least for the moment, they're not in a position where they're just going to go, um, you know, outbid Oklahoma for a quarterback. They just mm-hmm. aren't. So, yeah. um, I think it was a, you know, it looks like it's a good pickup. Um, I still think they're going to need another quarterback. Of course, a, uh, signing day comes up in, on December 20th. Um, basically what's that about, you know, two weeks from yesterday, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, they 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 are hoping, I mean they they've got the verbal and it's a strong commit and he reiterated on his social media this kid drew Lindsey, out of Arkansas that he's hundred percent a gopher. Um I think Arkansas was putting a late push on to try to get him. They hadn't recruited him much but they have a new offensive coordinator who went in and offered him but um I, I think I think the gophers feel good. So they have a true freshman quarterback and him coming in probably in January. They have Jim Shikinjansky's son, Max Schickenjanski uh, from Stillwater, who have set all kinds of passing records. He's a walk-on, and he was the scout team quarterback this past year. Um, and then they'll have this kid from New Hampshire. I just don't think that's enough, as, you, as we've seen. Uh, some teams have gone two or three deep. Yep. Um, so I think they'll get another. Um, the, the approach they take, I, I've heard differing thoughts on it from football people. I haven't, I haven't actually talk to any of the gopher football coaches are all out they're all out recruiting and doing stuff so i haven't talked to anybody within the program but people who follow the recruiting scene the ryan burns and and some of those guys the daniel houses um, who follow it much closer than i they they seem to think what minnesota should go try to find now as the next guy in is a young um power five backup you know he's not he hasn't played much whoever that might be um and he's not going to command a hundred thousand dollars but you got a guy that has some skills um that you can develop because this kid from new hampshire is a one and done right he's a grad transfer so he's going to play one year but presume this new hampshire kid's going to be the starter so um uh, you know and, and there's depth there you know if the new hampshire kid gets hurt or maybe he doesn't pan out. You got you got uh, you know a couple more options. So I think they'll probably go try to find one more. And it might not even be till after spring ball because uh, one of the things a lot of teams around you know in spring ball there'll be quarterback competition. And yeah. by the end of spring ball, one of the guys might have an idea like, oh, I'm number two, um, and I don't like this. And um, this guy is a sophomore, and I'm a sophomore, and it doesn't look good. But I could go to Minnesota and learn for a year, and then start two years, maybe. And so it could come at the end of spring. I don't know. But I do think they'll need another one in addition to uh, Brosmer, the kid from New Hampshire.
0: You know, and the new transfer rules, it's not unlimited, right? You get one free transfer where you can be immediately eligible. Other than that, it's the old transfer rules of you have to sit for a year. Now, you don't lose that year of eligibility, though, do you? Uh,
1: It depends. You can if you've already used a red shirt. Yeah, um, you, you get... In essence, the rules are: you get five years to play four. Obviously, the COVID year it changed everything dramatically. We're finally, I think, on the tail end of yeah. of you know having seventh year guys. Uh, the Gophers will still have some sixth, and they I think they'll have a seventh. I think Bryce Williams, the running back, um, if he gets his medical waiver because he missed another season. He's missed three years due to injury plus he has the COVID year. Um, I think it sounds like he is going to come back for a seventh year next year to probably huh. again be that third down back if he you know if he recovers well from the injury. Um, and I get a kick out of it. You think about you know he's twenty five years old man and he's still playing college football. What yeah. the heck, right? What what else <laughs> would you want to do? <laughs> right. um, so, um, but I think we're coming on the end of that. So yeah, I think that. And then there is also. Um, uh the the waiver so let's say you use the transfer rule once and then dawson garcia got this where he had already transferred from marquette to north carolina and then when he came back to minnesota um by rule he's supposed to sit out last year but he applied for a waiver um his if you remember he had some family issues his father had gotten sick with covid and that's part of why he left north carolina to come back here Um, he finished school online that semester. And so that uh, waiver got approved. And so he was eligible immediately. And there was a stretch there right after COVID where the NCAA basically approved every waiver. They're like, we're not going to fight this. Um, You know, we've all been through a pandemic. That is no longer the case. Now you have to really prove it uh, with documentation, not only from from um, the family, um, but from the previous school to indicate. And sometimes if that school is bitter that that guy's leaving, they won't cooperate. And, um, and so it's now a harder thing to get. So yes, once you transfer now, I think we're kind of into the situation where it's going to be a one-time deal. That said, what we're seeing a lot of now, Todd, is the, um, the grad transfer. So mm-hmm. maybe you've transferred once and now you've just wrapped up your fourth or fifth year and you have that one extra year of eligibility. It's kind of almost a bonus year. Um, if you're a grad transfer, you can, you can transfer without penalty. So, mm-hmm. um, there's the, the kid from Kansas State, the quarterback Will Howard, who, It seems, I think, USC's thought to be the favorite. He played four years at Kansas State, uh, had a nice career, and now he has graduated. And so he can go pursue a master's degree, quote-unquote, and and probably for a semester enroll in some classes and and play quarterback somewhere. So he's decided that's what he wants to do. The kid at, at Washington State, who some people think might be going to Ohio State, Cam Ward, is his name? He started his career at Immaculate Word, uh, you know, a, a, a FCS school. I think they're based in Texas, maybe Arkansas. I can't remember. Um, and had a really good season. Ended up at, at Washington State. He too now is a grad transfer, and he's entered the portal. Now there's rumors he might actually enter the NFL draft. Mm. Um, he may not transfer, but Ohio State apparently is hot after him. So uh, there are ways that you can, um, yeah. you know, you can get that second transfer without having to sit out.
0: Grimmer, thanks so much. We'll look forward to the bowl game coming up uh, the day after Christmas, but we'll talk with you again before then, and we'll talk about the bowl game then.
1: All right, sounds great. always enjoy it, Todd. Thank you.
0: Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd & Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd & Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM,
1: 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.